Ward Worth. Co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. And it's a Friday. It's July 9th. Hope you're having a beautiful day today, heading into the weekend. Weather is a little bit uh, crazy around the country. We'll have a little bit of a summary for you. Lots of problems on the East Coast with the tropical storm Elsa. And also on the West Coast, we have another heat wave moving in, although they're telling us it's not going to be quite as bad as recent heat waves but still uh, you just need to be prepared for it and that's why we give you all the information so you don't have to change the station it's a friday and that means we always check in with our dear friend brother in the lord and our chief operating officer and president doug keck always has great insights and really interesting conversation i enjoy it every week chatting with him in addition to getting great information on what's coming up on our weekly programs and Lots of saints that we have in the church to celebrate, and EWTN does such a great job of helping us take the saints down off the shelves and really learn about their lives. So uh, that is something we like to talk about, and we'll do that right after the news. And there's a big newscast, lots of news going on. And in the bottom of the hour on Fridays, as you know, if you're a regular listener to EWTN, uh, I developed something during the election last year called Fact Check Friday because the media have just they've just gone off the rails. That like completely for the most part i mean there's a few outlets and peop some people in the industry that are still trying but there's so much fake news there's so much extreme bias and so this morning i'm going to uh, share with you through our friends at uh, right to life northeast ohio and thanks to this tip that i received from my station manager mike jones and from bernadette through the rock in cleveland about this developing story of wonderful pro-lifers here in michigan and ohio working together to uncover yet another uh, tragedy that occurred. Now, what is so sickening about these stories that occur over and over and over again that the media rarely covers, so this is where the whole media aspect comes in, is that most people don't know this is happening. They don't realize just, first of all, that most freestanding abortion facilities are less regulated than your local hair and nail salon. They don't realize how these places, and this is according to research that's been done. There was a fantastic report that was put together and released several years ago by the organization Americans United for Life. It's called Unsafe, and you can go to aulunsafe.org. It shows just how badly these clinics are run quite often. And this situation in Northeast Ohio is no different. We have a lead story about it coming up in the news, but then we're going to check in with our friends at Right to Life Northeast Ohio for more information. They're now asking, as you'll hear in the news, the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost to initiate criminal proceedings. Now, the abortion industry is always talking, they use language, right? The semantics, and they're controlling this argument of theirs. And this is how people become so misinformed because they buy into the narrative, they buy into the phrases, they buy into the brainwashing, basically. They talk about reproductive health. Well, what's reproductive about killing babies and encouraging women not to have children, in addition to killing babies in the womb? They talk about women's health. Where there's nothing healthy about an abortion, not for the baby, obviously, and certainly not for the mother. So they throw all these terms out there, and yet just the opposite is happening. 
and they say that we're the ones who are denying health when we're the ones who are trying to protect the women and the babies and the family and society from the fallout of abortion in so many ways. So wait till you hear the details in this story. And they're supposedly so concerned about women and their privacy and their rights. And yet, in this particular case, what was discovered through the work of my dear friend, Dr. Monica Miller, from Citizens for a Pro-Life Society, along with other pro-life groups, what they discovered should make not only your toes curl, but should hopefully spark an interest in learning more about this and then doing something about it. Okay? The information about 30 patients, 30 women, found at a dumpster, left wide open, including their contact information, along with other gruesome discoveries. So they're violating HIPAA laws, right? And they're also violating a new law that was just signed by the governor in Ohio regarding how fetal remains are supposed to be disposed of. But law, schma, we don't care. We're the abortion industry. We can get away with it, and we can sell it, and nobody is the wiser. And while this particular newspaper in Ohio did do a story on it, it's not like it was blasted all over the homepage of the website. It had to go in and search for it. And they did have several quotes, I will give them credit for that, from the right to life side of the story. And one quote from the clinic manager who said, oh, this just can't be. No, 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 we have very strict regulations. So where's the follow-up to that? If you have strict regulations, how did this end up in the dumpster? What, it just magically appeared there? How did it happen? It's so ridiculous, the lack of follow-up. And where there's smoke, there's usually fire. That's how you're supposed to be trained in journalism school. So this is happening at one facility? You don't think it might be happening at others? Unbelievable. So anyhow, we'll talk about that bottom of the hour and uh, also get into the details of, of what can happen here now and hopefully raise more awareness of what we need to do about this situation. All right. Let's get started, shall we? Let's start with the uh, weather forecast. As I mentioned, we always like to give you information in terms of what's happening weather-wise. And uh, on the East Coast and the West Coast, let me tell you, it's not um, very pretty. You've got a lot of storms damaging weather that's coming through because of Tropical Storm Elsa. And on the West Coast, as I mentioned in the new or uh, in the top of the hour, more heat waves in the West. So Elsa, according to the National Weather Service, Impacting the northeast on Friday, flooding rains and strong winds will be the main threats. Thunderstorms, some with potentially significant severe weather, expected this afternoon into tonight across parts of the Central Plains and Mile Missouri Valley. Dangerous heat will be found throughout much of the West, worsening this weekend. So there you go. That's the forecast for the nation. Stay safe, but stay tuned right here to EWTN for all your information and great Catholic programming 24-7. Six minutes past the hour. Let's get started with the news before we take a break and talk with Doug Keck, all about the inside word of great programming coming up. We'll be talking more about this at the bottom of the hour, but three pro-life organizations announcing that they are asking, according to Operation Rescue, the Ohio Attorney General to initiate criminal proceedings against a Northeast Ohio Women's Center, an abortion facility located in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, after the remains of a 16- to 8-week dismembered aborted baby were found discarded in an unsecured dumpster last month. The pro-life groups include Right to Life of Northeast Ohio, Ohio Right to Life, and Citizens for a Pro-Life Society, the latter, according to Operation Rescue, discovering the body parts remains, photographing them during searches that took place from June 7th through June 29th of this year. 
Ohio law, by the way, requiring aborted baby remains to be disposed of in, as we mentioned, a humane manner. A newer law, known as Senate Bill 27, the fetal remains law, was signed by the governor of Ohio in December. That law requiring that aborted baby remains must either be buried or cremated. Now, it's unknown, according to the report, if that new measure went into effect in time to charge under that new measure. If not, the older law could still be brought or used for charges. In addition, over 30 patient names were recovered from the unsecured clinic dumpster. The reckless disposal of private patient information for 30 women would represent violations of the Federal Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996, also known as HIPAA. HIPAA requires private patient information be held or disposed of in a secure fashion so as not to compromise patient privacy. Moving right along, Scott Kimbler tells us a South Carolina pro-life law could again have its day in court. Governor McMaster is appealing a preliminary injunction that currently blocks South Carolina's fetal heartbeat law. The opening brief is requesting the order be reversed. They argue that abortion centers in the state like the standing to sue and that the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals should remand the case for dismissal. McMaster signed the bill into law February 18th. The Federal District Court issued a temporary restraining order a day later, and the preliminary injunction was issued March 19th. An annual poll showing membership in churches, synagogues, or mosques is at an all-time low in the U.S. A Gallup poll showing Americans who say they belong to one of the houses of worship is below 50%. That's the lowest number ever since Gallup started that poll back in 1937. Pope Francis leading the Angelus from his hospital room on Sunday as he recovers from intestinal surgery. Catholic News Agency reports the Pope is at Rome's Gemelli University Hospital this week after undergoing a July 4th operation to remove part of his colon. His hospital room is on the 10th floor in a wing reserved for papal medical emergencies. The Holy Father's medical suite can be identified by the street, from the street by its five large windows covered by white blinds. In the same room, actually, where John Paul II stayed during many of his hospital treatments. The Pope, meanwhile, praying for Haiti's assassinated president and for harmony for the people in the island nation. The president was shot dead in his home on Wednesday by a group of gunmen and his wife seriously hurt. In his telegram of condolences to Haiti, the Pope, as Linda Bordoni reports, condemning all forms of violence as a means of solving crises and conflicts. In the telegram addressed to the Apostolic Nuncio in Haiti, Pope Francis described the assassination of the president as a heinous act, and he offered condolences to the Haitian people and to his wife, who was also seriously wounded, and whose life he said he commends to God. 53-year-old Moise was fatally shot and his wife was injured when attackers stormed their home early on Wednesday. The Pope expressed his sadness for the attack and condemned all forms of violence as a means of resolving crises and conflicts, wishing for the Haitian people a future of fraternal harmony, solidarity and prosperity. Haiti, the poorest country in the Americas, was already in a precarious political situation before the assassination. Observers say it is likely to plunge the impoverished nation into further turmoil after years marked with political unrest and violence, a situation that has been repeatedly denounced by the country's Episcopal Conference. And in a note soon after the assassination, they said the sad event marks an unfortunate turning point in our history as a people. 
They also added that it is unfortunately a result of the deliberate choice of violence by many sectors of the population as a method of survival and resolution of disputes. Controversial attorney Michael Avignati is being sentenced to two and a half years behind bars for trying to extort money from Nike. He was convicted of threatening to give Nike bad publicity if the company did not pay him millions. Prosecutors were seeking up to eight years in prison. Avignati cried before his sentencing was handed down. He also said he's truly sorry for all of the pain he caused. However, the judge was very tough on Avignati, saying his actions were outrageous, also adding he had become drunk on the power of his platform or what he perceived the power of his platform to be. In other news this morning, Bob Brown tells us Tropical Storm Elsa continuing to close in on the Jersey Shore for starters. Tropical Storm Elsa is forecast to make its way up the East Coast, and Westchester County Executive George Latimer is urging residents to review their emergency plans and make sure critical supplies are on hand. Emergency responders recommend residents set aside several days' worth of non-perishable food, water, and medicine, and keep on hand other critical supplies like flashlights and batteries in case the power goes out. Residents should also have a go-bag ready in case they're asked to evacuate on short notice during an emergency. Connecticut officials, meanwhile, warning of the possibility of mass power outages from Tropical Storm Elsa. The powerful storm expected to impact Connecticut today with torrential rains and strong winds. We've been preparing for over a week. We have a very well-documented emergency response plan that we've activated. We've had several meetings, several meetings a day to get ready. All our folks are in place. Eversource President of Regional Electrical Operations Craig Hallstorm saying hundreds of line crews have been arriving from out of state to quickly respond to those outages. He added that the crews are positioned all over the state and are ready to react whatever the storm brings. Maybe you've seen some of those crazy videos that have gone viral from New York City. Scott Pringle tells us residents in the Big Apple are still dealing with flooded subway stations thanks to pounding rain, yep, from Elsa. Well, folks were seen walking through waist-high, dirty water at the 157th Street and Broadway station yesterday. Video also showing rainwater gushing into a train at the 125th Street station, and the stairs at the 149th Street Grand Concourse stop look like a waterfall. The MTA's Sarah Feinberg says it's simply too much rain in a short period of time. It looks like our drains reacted remarkably well and performed well. I know that sounds crazy because of the flooding that we've seen. An earthquake with a preliminary magnitude of 6.0 rattling the California-Nevada border yesterday afternoon with its impact reportedly felt hundreds of miles away. Austin Elliott is with the U.S. Geological Survey saying the earthquake struck at 349 local time near the Antelope Valley Fault and nearly 40 aftershocks were spawned within two hours. It was a fairly large earthquake, and it's worth remembering that the magnitude scale is logarithmic, and every unit increase in magnitude is 10 times an increase in the size of the earthquake, shakes much more strongly, and has a much wider reach. Its epicenter was four miles west, southwest of Walker, a California town of fewer than 900 residents. The tremor is the largest quake to hit a system of faults south of Lake Tahoe, since 1994. 15 minutes past the hour, looking forward to chatting with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer, giving you this scoop as we do every week of what's coming up on the network. It is a Friday morning. Hope your day is blessed so far. You are listening to the one, the only EWTN. Check out our great resources on our website, EWTN.com. We'll be right back.
This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically owned shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria Mutual Funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria Mutual Funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program brought to you in part by the nonprofit Angelicum Academy. This is Father Joseph Essio. I have an important message for all your homeschooling families. You can get an outstanding and fully accredited Catholic college education and save $100,000. To learn how, go to Angelicum.net. That's Angelicum.net. Earn 75 college credits and an associate's degree in high school for just $3,500 a year. And earn your BA degree just one year later at age 19. Check this out at Angelicum.net. Welcome back, Catholic Connection, 17 minutes past the hour every Friday. We chat with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer, to talk about great programming. And Doug, I was so hot under the collar about this story out of Ohio, I forgot to mention our good friend Michael O'Neill is going to be joining me at 39 minutes. I love um, having him on. He's, he's so inspirational. Right. And, of course, the Miracle Hunter and his episode of They Might Be Saints, I believe, is airing tomorrow, right? Right, exactly. Uh, tomorrow, uh, it's debuting 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and then... Uh, re-airing on the 14th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, so people can check that out. Again, we're thrilled to have uh, Michael on board uh, over the last year or so and uh, working on uh, They Might Be Saints and, of course, the radio program as well, uh, The Miracle Hunter and some other projects. So it's really been exciting, and it's really worked out well, I think, for us and hopefully for Michael as well. Well, I'll tell you what, I love the fact that you cover the saints so much in so many different ways, not only in, in the news outlets, but also in these special programs and the series with someone like Michael. Because um, the, they give me such encouragement, because this is not our first rodeo, even with all that we're seeing right now. And we tend to see more of it because of the mass media and the 24-hour nonstop messaging that we get. But much of what we've experienced... some brief technical difficulties. Hearing this message means the producer of the program is aware and is actively working on the problem. Thank you for your patience.
This radio program is experiencing some brief technical difficulties. Hearing this message means the producer of the program is aware and is actively working on the problem. Thank you for your patience. and I was just going to uh, work for him full-time as his intern in his campus ministry work, funded by the organization that uh, that hired him to be the campus minister for these two big colleges. And so, I mean, I was just thrilled, and we, we did what he called this meeting Jesus study, you know, inviting mm-hmm. non-believers to be introduced to Christ for the first time, and this, this beautiful man doing all these things uh, right in the middle of, uh, my spring semester of my senior year was murdered. Wow. He was shot by uh, the coward who shot him in the back of the head and found lying on the front porch of his house. The person was waiting for him. And uh, he was found lying on the porch of his house. He left behind a widow, his wife, and three precious little children. And I mean, when this happened, it, it, it didn't make me doubt God's existence again, but where, where it, it made me doubt was that I could trust him. You know, how could he allow this? Uh, was my life in danger? You know, when it came to intellectual faith, martyrdom helped convince me, because, you know, why would Peter, Paul, and James suffer and die for this alleged resurrection that they were eyewitnesses of if it never really happened. I mean, that made no sense to me. You know, people don't suffer and die for events they know didn't really take place. Mm-hmm. You know, like Peter said, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, and he said that shortly before his own crucifixion. You know, if they're willing to hang on crosses for this, or, you know, be fed to wild animals for Roman spectator sport, and these people knew what they had seen. You know, they, they weren't just dying, the first century Christians weren't just dying for ideas they were convinced of in their mind. They were dying having claimed to be eyewitnesses of historical events like the raising of Lazarus, like Jesus' own resurrection from the dead. And so uh, they wouldn't suffer and die, all of them suffer and die for something they knew never took place, betraying everything their Lord ever taught them in, in making up such a hoax. Uh, I mean, that, the, the thought of it's preposterous. So martyrdom actually helped my intellectual faith, faith, but my trust type of faith, my trust in the Lord, uh, got shaken to the core. And, you know, I thought about, you know, the Bible saying, you know, those who want to find life need to lose it. And mm-hmm. those who, you know, seek their life, you know, you know, those who seek their own life will lose it. Those who wish to find life, you know, must die to self. Right. And and um, I was afraid for my own life, and I doubted my Lord, his trustworthiness. You know, I, I, my my trust was shaken, 
And so, you know, I, I found out the truth of that verse, you know, because I tried to worry about my own life, I ended up losing it. And I backslid, and I just spiraled, uh, you know, of the seven deadly sins, I got hooked on several of them, you know, especially greed. You know, I, I ran from the ministry, I ran from Pennsylvania, moved to Texas, got a corporate job, and just tried to cover a bunch of uh, food and money on top of that pain. Gluttony and, and greed really got a hold on me. I ended up weighing over 300 pounds. Oh, my at goodness. At only five foot ten. I, you wouldn't have recognized me. I've lost over 100 pounds um, by the grace of God. But at that time, I mean, I was a wreck. I, I was smoking like a chain, two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, I was, I just lost myself in addiction and, you know, and I think that part of the book is important. I because, do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's honest. You know, you know, I'm just being honest about my life, including the, you know, the parts that, you know, it's fun to talk about, you know, taking a courageous stand for God and, and, Having, you know, people physically hurt me, throw Bibles at my face, pull me into a dark room and beat me up. I mean, real persecution for the faith, you know, and, and inspiring people. I mean, and, and that part's great, but talking about being given all that and then giving it up. Yeah, but so you know what? Can... That is a journey that so many of us can identify with, especially with what's going now on now in our world, with people really just totally not understanding anything because of COVID and because of the craziness. And so your story, again, so timely. And, you know, God's timing, of course, always perfect. More with Dr. Ian Murphy. Check out his beautiful website. Oh, I'm really bummed that Dave is out of town. We can't record a new Summer Speaker Series spot without him. I just can't be funny on my own. <clears throat> I couldn't help but overhear your dilemma, and I wonder if I might be of assistance. Kermit, how could you help? Well, maybe it's better if I just show you. Hi-ho, it's Kermit the Frog here. The Summer Speaker Series with Father John Ricardo is coming up on Thursday, August 5th, in the Grand Ballroom of the Irving Convention Center. It's not easy being green, but it is easy to get your tickets at summerspeakerseries.com. What do you think? I guess you're hired. Yay! The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks John Morrison with Morrison Heating and Air for his support of the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Morrison Heating and Air specializes in heating and air conditioning service for the counties of Denton, Collin, Cook, and Grayson. You can contact John with Morrison Heating and Air by calling 940-597-6099. That's 940-597-6099 for Morrison Heating and Air. All KATH 910 AM listeners are invited to join Father Mel Besseley on Saturday, July 10th for a prayer vigil from 11 AM to 12 noon to end abortion at Whole Women's Health Abortion Mill located at 3256 Lackland Road in Fort Worth. Sources have reported up to 500 abortions in one month at this location. This is a desperate need for prayer warriors on the sidewalk at Whole Women's Health Facility Monday through Saturday. For information, email ARLTX60 at yahoo.com. Hello, my name is Liz Mertz. My husband, Bill, and I own Mastertech Auto Repair in Plano. We are proud sponsors of Catholic Radio. Our family has been parishioners of St. Gabriel's and McKinney for many years. Mastertech is a full-service auto repair for all vehicles, from oil changes to complete engine replacement or transmission service. We are located just across the street from St. Mark's Parish in Plano. You can contact us at 972-578-1841 or www.mastertechplano.com. Thank you, and may you have a blessed day. 
It's live radio. Technology is great when it works. A little bit of an interruption. Doug and I were just uh, talking during the break once we got reconnected that, uh, you know, Doug, when we're talking about the issue of abortion and we're talking about the intercession of the saints, we shouldn't be surprised. I know that uh, we experience these things all the time. Anywho, before we were so rudely interrupted, Right. We were talking about Michael's great uh, series uh, right. that's on. And so give us a heads up in terms of what we can expect. Well, we got uh, They Might Be Saints. Uh, Monsi Gracias is uh, going to be uh, debuting, as we said, uh, tomorrow. People can check that out on EW10.com. We've also got St. Benedict of Nursia, an original docudrama as well, um, which is going to be on, on Saturday afternoon at 2. We've also got a fine uh, movie about a Spanish priest, Father Pedro Poveda, a very popular movie about a priest, educator, and martyr who fought against injustice during the Spanish Civil War. That'll be on 8 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. And then Kateri, All for Christ, our original uh, program on the life of Kateri Takawitha. So people can look for that. Uh, we'll be running it in segments all next week. And also something special, Holy Mass in honor of Our Lady. Uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke celebrates yeah. the Mass in honor of Our Lady from the gorgeous and historic St. John Cantius Church in Chicago, so I'm sure he'll be doing the homily. I'm sure we'll all be interested in that. And uh, we've also got uh, Father Mitch next week is going to be talking to a priest about Father Walter Chiswick and his life um, and sharing the gospel in the Gulag and in Russia. So mm. just a couple of things to look forward to next week. Well, one of the things I think, is, as we were saying again um, before the uh, the technical difficulties, is, is is the key to helping people understand the lives of the saints and what they went through and what they experienced. Because much of what they've gone through mm-hmm. is what we're going through right now. And and sometimes it was right. even much worse. Absolutely. I think there's two things. One, they're, they're the connection, like the popes are in a sense. They're a handoff from one to the other, taking the faith from the time of our Lord to us today. So there's that connection there. And on top of it, like you just said, there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new heresies. They're all rehashes. And the saints at different times in history have dealt with the same particular philosophical attacks, maybe in different modes uh, or in different styles because of technology, etc. But it's the same basic lies repackaged or warmed over. And if we look at the lives of the saints, we see so many answers. And also, as you pointed out, the idea that the saints didn't have wonderful lives, isn't this great? They had to work at it. Uh, And the more they believed, the harder they worked, the more many times they were challenged and had to suffer through uh, to, to achieve the goals of sainthood. We're talking with Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer. One of the reasons that uh, I'm so grateful, and I say this, I know I sound like a, well, you and I are old enough to remember LPs and 45s, uh, broken record, but Not I don't me. know. Uh, no, I know. You're only 29. You mean long yeah. playing high fidelity? Long, yes, exactly. About? Right. <laughs> what Thinking about 78s? 78s. Oh, my goodness. My dad had 78s. Wow. Right. It's pretty incredible. But I, I think about the stories that we're going to be discussing with our friends um, from the pro-life groups coming mm-hmm. up after after our segment and how if we didn't have these outlets these stories wouldn't get out there absolutely and i think that's what the the great work of of catholic radio has been certainly uh, uh, ewtn and mother's vision for it and other catholic outlets and other websites and the podcasts and and some of the uh, news outlets obviously the ewtn has that allows people to get a a a better perspective a catholic perspective on what's going on, what's being reported in the news. And also it's it's good because many times the mainstream media, not only themselves, 
reports things uh, incorrectly. They tend to go to the wrong sources to reinforce their beliefs. So they tend to go to some of the more liberal outlets for their perspective, which is uh, gives, uh, again, this Catholic patina onto something that's just untrue. And, and the thing that, that really, I think, frustrates me is is how many people don't know the basics out there of what's going on. I mean, this story that we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. it, it happens all the time. I mean, if you look at the report that um, that uh, the Americans United for Life did a few years ago, Unsafe, this is a regular occurrence. Right. Well, I think a big problem with most things in life is we don't really want to know. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's not really that we... Uh, there was once a movie called Mirage, and this guy was trying to remember his past, and the doctor finally said to him, you don't really want to remember, do you? Uh, and it's that same idea that a lot of these people, they don't want to know. Uh, why, you're just complicating my life. You know, you're telling me this stuff. I kind of put this abortion thing on the shelf a long time ago. You know, you bring it up. It, it causes me consternation. It doesn't fit with my other opinions. And so hence... You know, I don't I don't really want to focus on it. And so the easiest thing, and we see this all the time with the critical race theory, anything else, is any objection, any logical question is answered with uh, basically an ad hominem attack on mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. That you're a bad person, so I don't have to respond. Or the ultimate thing, which is, well, this is what I believe, and so that makes it true for me. Well, there is only one truth. It's Jesus Christ. It's a fixed thing, uh, and you can kid yourself all you want, but there is no personal truth. It, it drives me nuts, and, and the, some of the comments on the story that I was referring to at the top of the hour, I think it was in the Akron Beacon Journal, this woman was saying, oh, these 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 uh, anti-choicers mm-hmm. will do anything to stop you know, a woman's legal right to choose. And I'm thinking, okay, well, talk about denial not being you know, just a river in Egypt. Right. How did this information get out there? The names and contact information for almost 30 women are laying out there in the public, direct violation of HIPAA, not to mention uh, the horrible treatment of the uh, remains of, of a human person, a baby, that were not handled properly with any respect at all. Well, look, and yet, look at where the, the problem? Right. right. Well, look at the difference. Look at the graves and the situation up in Canada, right? And right. it's unclear exactly, and nobody's saying everything was done right, and certainly there's, there's reasons for people to be upset and concerned. But we have those situations. You don't even know how those children died or what the situation was, but it's a horror show, and it's terrible, and the Catholic Church is to blame, and this is... Meanwhile, you're finding baby parts and things like that, and it's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about, and this is uh, your, your women's right to choose, etc. You know, nobody goes back and explains, well, you know, 150 years ago, uh, there was nobody to take care of these children, so they went there. It wasn't great, but compared to what it was like living on the street 150 years ago, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. And But it's it's the perspective, it's the warp, it's the lens they look at everything with, uh, and so uh, in these kind of situations, they don't want to deal with the reality of abortion. It's like listening to the article that came out on the Hill the other day where kind of attacking the bishops for tr- for dealing with the Eucharist and talking about, well, what about, you know, uh, the death penalty? You know, these people with the death penalty, they don't talk about that when it comes to the Eucharist. And obviously there's there are differences, but also even just in the volume of people involved, you're talking about 25 people. And versus all the abortions. You're, and you're talking about the idea that you feel like saying to these people, so if we outlaw the death penalty, and we all agree the death penalty should go, are you now against abortion? Mm-hmm. Will you vote against people with abortion? And the answer is no. It won't change right. anything. It's right. just a straw man. 
Yeah, and I, there's an interesting uh, op-ed piece that Bishop Barron did. I think it was in the New York Post, maybe last week or the week before, talking about trying to to you know the Democrats, the pro-abortion politicians, are saying, well, we need to dialogue. And and Barron says, well, if you're not even willing to reconsider some of these ex- most extreme abortion measures that you support, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> well, dialogue yeah. is such an old world. It comes, right. you know, it, you think about it and dialing your phone, which is, uh, you know, give me a break. Yeah. What is there to dialogue about? Right. It's not a very complex situation. You either think they're murdering a baby or you, or you don't. don't. Yeah, Doug, right. great. Well, Pretty so, thanks so much for hanging on. Appreciate you giving us an update on the great programming. And we'll talk more about that as we continue. But first, we'll go down to Ohio and find out more about this developing story. Stay tuned. More Catholic Connection coming up on a Friday morning. Hi, this is Dave Palmer with a reminder to download the Guadalupe Radio Network app on your smartphone. It's very simple to do, and once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to a crystal clear signal of this station, KTH 910AM, 24 hours a day, anywhere you are. If you have any questions about our app or need help setting it up on your phone, contact me through email, davepalmer at grnonline.com. Hi, this is Erin Brown, the master teacher with Aquinas Writing Advantage, the middle and high school online writing program with homeschoolconnections.com, the online Catholic curriculum provider with over 450 courses and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me, with other writing professionals, and with students from around the world online for live, interactive classes, or get unlimited access to recorded courses. It's online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family with homeschoolconnections.com. 15, 16? Man, where is that count when you need them? Kermit, what on earth are you doing? I got 910 speakers. What? I have 910 speakers all in a row for our 910 AM Summer Speaker Series. That's not That's not what the Summer Speaker Series is. It isn't? It's about having special guest speakers like Father John Ricardo come to North Texas in the summer to speak to us. Oh. Please tell me you have the receipt for those. Receipt? Uh, yeah, of course. Get your tickets to see Father John Ricardo on August 5th at summerspeakerseries.com. Uh, one last question. What is a receipt? Dave, please come home. Hi, I'm Martha Eberline. My husband Kyle and I are parishioners at Good Shepherd Catholic Community in Colleyville. As a mother, I know that it is important to have a professional caring dental team. At MidCities Dental, we provide dentistry with compassion in a warm and friendly environment. We are located in Hearst, 15 minutes from the DFW airport. We can be reached at midcitiesdental.com or 817-282-9321. That's 817-282-9321. Thank you. Catholic Connection. We've been discussing the story since the top of the hour, and also, of course, with Doug Heck, as I just mentioned. Breaking news out of Northeast Ohio. And thanks to Bernadette over at uh, The Rock, and also Mike Jones. I uh, had some emails going back and forth and, and let me know about this developing story. And then my ace producer, Andrew, got right on it and contacted our friends at Ohio Right to Life. On the phone with us is Allie Frazier from Ohio Right to Life. And so, um, Allie, let me just read the story again for our listeners. And this is from the uh, story that was posted on Operation Rescue. Three pro-life organizations announcing they are asking the Ohio Attorney General to initiate criminal proceedings against the Northeast Ohio Women's Center, an abortion facility located in Cuyahoga Falls, after the remains of a 16- to 8-week-old dismembered aborted baby were found discarded in an unsecured dumpster last month. The pro-life groups include Right to Life of Northeast Ohio, Ohio Right to Life, and Citizens are a Pro-Life Society. 
Now, in addition to uh, the body parts, there were a number of other types of um, medical equipment and things that were found and that were not uh, disposed of properly. I, I want to keep it clean because this is a family show, but it's, it's pretty disgusting and, and just awful in terms of what's going on. But then you also had over 30 patient names were recovered and reckless disposal of private patient information, which obviously represents violations of HIPAA. So bring us up to date. I know that there was a press conference this week. What's the latest? Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, yeah. Teresa, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So our press conference was on Wednesday, um, and we jointly announced with the other two amazing organizations we're working with um, the details about this story and what we are going to do going forward. Um, so as you said, um, the remains of a child who was a victim of abortion was found in a dumpster outside of Northeast Ohio Women's Center, um, along with uh, numerous pieces of um, medical trash that unfortunately had patient names and information on them. So our biggest concern going forward is to hold this abortion facility accountable. Obviously, throwing the remains of an unborn child in the trash is absolutely morally egregious, um, but we think as well that it could be a violation of certain state regulations. So we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that this abortion facility does not get away with their callous treatment of human life. And we're also going to be filing um, <laughs> numerous paperwork, honestly, um, with various governmental agencies, um, making them aware of what has happened. As you mentioned, there were over 30 individuals' information that um, were literally just left open, exposable, readable um, on these various uh, pieces of trash from the clinic. And we do believe that that is a violation of HIPAA requirements, which are essentially, you know, medical um, confidential information laws. And we are going to be following up because these women were doubly hurt by this abortion facility. Not only did they undergo the terrible traumatizing process of abortion, now also they're being put at further risk by having their medical information just flippantly thrown into the trash. I think it's really important for, for people to be more and more aware that this is not something that is an outlier. This happens uh, regularly, and Americans United for Life did an incredible investigation a few years ago and released a report called Unsafe, and folks can find it at aulunsafe.org. In terms of um, what's happening with the media, we know there was a story which was which decent. I wouldn't say it was great. It did have a lot of quotes from Right to Life, so I was appreciative of that. But still, they didn't follow up enough or dig in terms of maybe it's because the clinic didn't talk because they gave a ridiculous statement. Oh, no, that couldn't have happened. We have very strong regulations. Okay, then what happened? What is this doing there in the dumpster? Um, were there, was there any other type of coverage that you're able to see in Ohio regarding this story? Um, yeah, um, we've seen the Akron Beacon Journal is the main article that I have seen as mm-hmm. of yesterday. I haven't checked my news yet today. Um, but that's kind of the main article, which makes sense because this happened in Akron. Um, but I've also been reached out to by um, the Daily Wire. Um, Life News has done an article as well. Obviously, Operation Rescue had done the article that you had quoted. Our biggest concern is getting this story out there because as shocking and as awful as the details of this story are, unfortunately, they are far too consistent with abortion facilities and how they run things. The whole reason um, Ohio Right to Life had actually pushed to have uh, legislation that made doing stuff like this illegal 
um, was because we had found out during an investigation by Ohio's now governor, but then Attorney General Mike DeWine, that Planned Parenthood of Ohio had actually been dumping the bodies of abortion victims in a landfill in Kentucky. Um, so stuff like this, unfortunately, is all too common for the abortion industry. Once you devalue and dehumanize right. innocent human life, all other standards just go out the window. Yep. As Father Frank Pavone from National Priest for Life says, you, know, you can't practice vice virtuously. It's just not possible. When you don't care about the lives of children and women, what do you expect? Allie, thanks so much. Uh, when will we have an update on this story? Absolutely. I would highly encourage everybody who's able Follow A High Right to Life on social media. I actually run those feeds myself, and I am constantly posting updates about what we're doing and developments on this story. They can also go to our website, ohiolife.org. Um, there's a little box there where you can enter your email if you want to be sent our email list. Um, I write those myself as well, so you're not going to be inundated. But I will keep everyone up to date on developments in this story, and we are going to work as closely as possible with Ohio's current attorney general to see that justice is served here. Thanks be to God. And we'll keep putting it out there, uh, posting it on Facebook and sharing it and encouraging folks to go to our archive section at AveMaria.net for Catholic Connection later in the day and to share this interview and the information that we're sharing. Allie, thanks. God bless your work. Awesome. Thanks, Teresa. You too. And we'll be right back learning more about the saints with EWTN coming up on a Friday. Stay tuned. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. How did we get to a point where a desire to publish a document on the Eucharist would lead to charges of disunity? I'm convinced that many U.S. bishops, too often in practice, if not in theory, have acted as though accommodation to the culture was the way of evangelizing the culture. Hiding our differences, exaggerating our areas of agreement, avoiding conflict, that's no way to win over the world. You remember the early love fest surrounding Pope Francis? The Advocate, the premier gay journal, made him their man of the year. They loved him until they realized that Pope Francis was a Catholic and actually believed all that stuff about chastity and traditional marriage and male and female being created in God's image. We certainly do accompany unbelievers. We meet them where they are but we don't reshape our beliefs to accommodate them. It's an insult to them and to us. Cresta in the Afternoon with Al Cresta for Eastern on EWTN Radio. When the need for senior care arises, home is where the heart is. Visiting Angels provides home care for mom or dad up to 24 hours per day, including personal care, meals, and light housework. You may select your professional caregiver with Visiting Angels. More information at visitingangels.com or at 877-374-LIVE. That's 877-374-LIVE. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. 47 minutes past the hour on a Friday morning edition of Catholic Connection Coast to Coast and around the globe on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Always great to catch up with the great work of 
Michael O'Neill, radio and TV host here at EWTN. Doug and I were chatting about his next episode of They Might Be Saints. Michael, always good to chat with you. I love the Saints. You and I have discussed this so much. I mean, to me, the Saints just help us deal with (laughs) everything not only in our own lives but also what's going on in the world because they've had so much experience on dealing with suffering and you know as doug was saying this isn't the churches or the saints first rodeo so who's next on the hip parade in terms of what we're going to learn about on on the next great saint you're featuring thanks for joining us thank you yeah it's uh it's exciting to do this project they might be saints for ewtn because we've been featuring a number of uh people with uh fascinating stories uh, on the path to sainthood so far we've filmed 16 episodes, and the episode coming up is actually uh, airing tomorrow, uh, July 10th at 10.30 a.m. Central Time, mm-hmm. uh, 11.30 Eastern, and that is on Montserrat Grasses, known as Monse Grasses, who was a very young girl who died at the age of 17 from cancer, and her cause is moving along. She's now a venerable, and uh, I think for a lot of young people who... Uh, we don't know that the church actually looks at younger saints like Carlo Cutis and otherwise. It's kind of exciting. And then for people who think of, you know, you have to do great things like uh, Patrick Payton becoming the rosary priest traveling the world. Uh, she's a great example of somebody who can, uh, you know, has a very average, everyday, normal life who just lived it for God. So I think uh, I think that's an inspiration for all of us. So not to uh, to give away your, your episode, but give us a little bit more information about her. Where was she from and what was she known for? Absolutely. So she was born in 1941 in Spain, near Barcelona, and uh, her full name is Maria Montserrat Gracias Garcia, but she goes by Monte Gracias for the purpose of uh, this discussion. And so uh, her cause moved along over years in the 1960s. They, they opened it, and Pope Francis only recently in 2016 uh, has declared her venerable. So she's moved along from uh, servant of God, venerable, then with one miracle she'll be blessed, and then saint. But to talk about who she was, she was she was a, a very simple girl in a lot of ways, just like a girl like any other, as she's been described. She she loved uh, sports and she loved uh, especially uh, tennis and basketball, and she loved to act in plays and sing songs and hang out with friends. And her story is so simple. In fact, it's the most simple story of any that we've uh, encountered on They Might Be Saints, uh, because we have so many people with these great accomplishments, founding orders and congregations, and traveling the world and and just making such a big global impact. But Monse had this very simple life, but she offered it up all to God. And when she was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, a leg cancer, uh, she offered her suffering to the Pope and the founder of Opus Dei, who she was a member of the, uh, the group the Opus Dei. So she, she, uh, she offered her suffering there. And she, she lived and she died very well. So it's a very simple story. Mm. And we've, we have so many young people that are either great venerables or, or saints or, or blessed. We have blessed Carlo Acutes, of course, now very much um, beloved by the youth. And then just recently, last Sunday, the feast day of one of my favorites, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frizzati. Such encouragement okay. from the saints. Uh, what, I know you've told us this before, but share with our listeners, how did you get so interested in the lives of the saints? Well, it's kind of interesting because people know me by my uh, nickname. Your miracle, miracle hunter. hunter. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So I, right. I'm always uh, looking for miracles and miracle connections. And so I, I had this uh, idea to do a show about miracles for EWTN. And then, um, you know, it, it occurred to me that when we talk specifically about Americans and uh, the search for miracles, there's not a lot of uh, big miraculous uh, shrines here. There's a lot in Europe and otherwise. So I figured the show might be pretty short-lived. So I thought, who are the true miracle hunters of America? And they are the vice postulators of the canonization cause. Mm. So, these are people who dedicate their lives to promoting the, the virtues of a potential saint 
but then finding stories of miracles through their intercession that get validated by Rome and lead them to be blessed and saints. So my thought was, everybody loves a good miracle story, and everybody loves the stories of saints, so why not pair the two, tell the story of the saint, and the search for the canonization miracle? And so that's how the show was born. We're talking with Michael O'Neill, host of They Might Be Saints, and also the Miracle Hunter. He is both a radio and TV host here on EWTN. Do you have a favorite or favorites in terms of saints? You probably have a number of them, I imagine. Well, believe it or not, and I may have mentioned this to you before, is I really am a big fan of Carlo Acutis. Mm. And I think that, uh, yeah. so, you know, I'm not in the age demographic necessarily, a millennial who he's appealing to uh, largely right now, but uh, if you know the story of Blessed Carlo, he actually spent his life cataloging Marian apparitions and Eucharistic miracles. Makes sense why you would be so website. fond of him, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's yeah. my, he's my uh, patron saint, as I see him, for MiracleHunter.com, because... I do the same types of things that he was doing as far as looking at miracles and seeing how they can inspire the faithful. Yeah, it's incredible. He cataloged and did a whole um, online display, pulled them all together, all the different Eucharistic miracles. I mean, there's many. Of course, I've been to, I think, all of the Eucharistic miracle sites in Italy and some other locations, but he went beyond that. He went to he went all over the world in terms of online, finding these miracles and documenting them. Absolutely, and so that's uh, an exciting thing as well, and I've been blessed to be able to lead pilgrimages as well. So a previous one, we went to Italy and saw Lanciano. Oh, that's incredible, isn't it? We'll be going to France in in October, and we'll be seeing there's a site or two uh, in France as well. So uh, we'll be going uh, 18th through 29th uh, in October. And so uh, this is such a great opportunity to bring people face-to-face with with Christ and the Eucharist in these uh, very amazing examples. Have you been, I'm sure you've been then to Orvieto for the Eucharistic miracle there. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah, thankfully, I've been able to uh, travel to many of these places. And mm-hmm. on EWTN now, we've been doing some uh, episodes of this little program called Explore that I've been doing, where I've been filming my travels a little bit, and we've just released a program on Lanciano recently. So that's been a real blessing to be able to share these, these trips around the world. Yeah, it's pretty incredible when you do travel, and you and I are blessed to be able to do that uh, quite often. And you sometimes you'll drive by these little towns and these villages and not realize what's located there. And, of course, the whole story behind Lanciano and then... And the story behind um, Orvieto and Bolsena, where the miracle actually happened, and and the whole you know, the, the, it's just it, it's phenomenal when you. I remember talking to a woman with my um, my new ministry, TravelIllyExpert.com, and she was telling me that when she was in college, and she's always been a devout Catholic, so she goes on on this general tour, and she's doing Umbria and Tuscany, and she's in Orvieto, and the tour guide, they're in front of the cathedral, which is just breathtakingly beautiful, as you well know. And the tour guide mentions nothing, Michael, about what's inside. Like, not just talking about the architecture of the building. And she said uh, she was in college and she didn't know. And now she wants to go back and she wants to experience the beautiful Eucharistic miracle. But there's so much there to explore in our faith. Absolutely. And I think with all the discussion of the Eucharist and Eucharistic coherence uh, and otherwise, it's a bigger conversation than today. But I think it's, Eucharistic miracles will play a role when we talk about uh, the importance of acknowledging Christ in the real presence. So uh, I think uh, we have more to see with Eucharistic miracles to come. Absolutely. So uh, in in addition to this, what's up next for the next episode after this one with They Might Be Saints? Well, this is one that's going to be viewed by many, many people. On August 13th, uh, people will be able to tune in and see the Blessed Michael McGivney episode. Mm. So he, of course, is the founder of the Knights of Columbus, and we were just at his beatification on October 31st of last year, and we filmed that, and we've got some beautiful recreations as well. So this will be perhaps our most widely watched episode with the many members of the Knights around the world as well. So um, 
Of course, with the Monte Grassers being a member of Opus Day, they've got 100,000 members worldwide, so we're expecting a lot of people tuning in for this one as well. Uh, that one is uh, coming up on June, July 10th at 10.30 a.m. Central and July 14th at 10.30 Central, 10, 10 o'clock Central as well. So uh, excited to have these big audiences tuning in for this. Awesome. And all the information, again, as always, EWTN.com. Michael, God bless you. Keep up the great work. And maybe we can grab a cappuccino sometime in Italy, in Orvieto or Lanciano. Have a great weekend, folks. God bless you all. And we will talk to you, good willing, God willing, on a Monday. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Have you heard of My Mutual Mortgage and Grapevine? They're longtime sponsors and supporters of KTH 910 AM and are owned by Bob and Norma Duane, active members of Good Shepherd Catholic Parish in Colleyville. My Mutual Mortgage is a sponsor of our August 5th Summer Speaker Series event with guest speaker Father John Ricardo. To learn more about My Mutual Mortgage of Grapevine, visit grapevinetexas.mymutual.com and to get your tickets to see Father Ricardo, visit summerspeakerseries.com. Are you a Catholic man looking to make a difference in your Catholic faith or seeking a brotherhood that upholds Catholic teaching and values? Join the Knights of Columbus today. You can join online at knights.net. That's K-N-I-G-H-T-S dot net. By joining online, you'll have immediate access to many things, like the Knights of Columbus highly rated insurance program. Your Catholic family can be protected with life insurance, annuities, long-term care, and disability insurance products by a Catholic company. Experience the Catholic difference and join the Knights of Columbus online today. Knights.net. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints.
Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 